Welcome to an explanation of the faith as it accompanies Luther's small catechism. The first article of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason, and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger, and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. The central thought of the first article. No one but God could create heaven and earth. This truth determines how I understand myself and how I relate to God and his world. How might people answer the question, what is a human being? Read Genesis 2, 7-25. How were we created in relationship to God and to the rest of the world? As Christians, we confess, I am God's creature. So how does seeing myself as God's creature shape my relationship to Him and to His world? Question 113. Why is the first person of the Trinity called God the Father? A. He is the Eternal Father of the Son of God, Christ our Savior. John 3.16. For God so loved the world, that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. B. He is the gracious Father of all Christians, having adopted us in Jesus Christ. Galatians 4, verses 4 to 6. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. See, he graciously provides for all people as a kind father. Acts 17, verses 28 and 29. In him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. Question 114. Why does the Creed confess God as the maker of heaven and earth? A. Only the one who made heaven and earth can rightly be called God. Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 2 Kings 19 verse 15. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Read Psalm 115, verses 15 and 16, Job 38 to 41, and Isaiah 36 and 37. B. Only the one who made heaven and earth can make his creation new again. 2 Peter 3, verse 13. According to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Revelation 21, verse 5. He who was seated on the throne, Jesus, said, Behold, I am making all things new. Read John 1, 1-3, and Romans 8, 18-23.
Question 115. What is included in the phrase, heaven and earth? God created, out of nothing, everything that exists, namely, all things visible and invisible. Colossians 1, verse 16. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Question 116. Why does the Catechism say that God created me and all creatures? It is another way of saying that God made the universe and everything in it. Nothing exists apart from God's creation. Nehemiah 9 verse 6. You are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve all of them and the host of heaven worships you. Question 117. What does it mean to confess that God made me? I am a creature of God. My life is a gift from Him. I am accountable to Him. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. James 1, verses 17 and 18. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Read also Psalm 100 and Job 10, verses 8 to 11. Question 118. What does it mean to confess that God made me and all creatures? A. Every person, regardless of age, sex, race, and ethnicity, receives life from God just as I do. Acts 17, verses 26 and 27. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God, and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. B. All other living creatures receive life from God and depend upon God's care just as I do. Genesis 1 verse 30 And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. Genesis 2 verse 19 Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was his name. Matthew 6, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? C. All the rest of creation, the universe, this planet, land, sea, and the whole material world, depends upon God for its ongoing existence, just as I do. Psalm 65, verses 5-7 to By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, the one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might, who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the peoples. Psalm 95, verses 4 and 5 In his hand are the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains are his also, the sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Question 119. 
What does it mean that God has given me both a body and a soul? I am not only a body. I am not only a soul. I am a body into which God has breathed life. Genesis 2 verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 5. As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. Question 120. What is the significance of having a body and soul from a personal identity and relationships? A. In giving me a particular body and soul, God has made me either a male or female. Genesis 1.27 So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. B. It is with my body and soul, that is, my eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason, and all my senses, that I relate to God, to other people, to living things, and to this world. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Romans 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20 Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Matthew 22, verse 37 And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God, with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. Question 121. How did God create everything? A. God created by His Word. He spoke creation into existence, forming and filling it in six days. Genesis 1, verses 1, 3, and 31. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Psalm 33, verses 6 and 9. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. Read Genesis 1, Exodus 31, verse 17, Hebrews 11, verse 3 and 2 Peter 3, verses 5-7. to B. By His Word God made all His creation very good, harmonious, beautiful, pure. Genesis 1, verse 31 And God saw everything He had made, and behold, it was very good. Question 122 Where should we begin when considering other competing accounts of how the world came into existence? We should evaluate the assumptions they use, determine the reason for those assumptions, and consider whether they lead to unbiblical conclusions. Many ancient and modern views assume that the universe always existed, and thus all gods and beings arise from it and exist on a spectrum of deity. This leads one to assume that everything is in some way divine or part of divinity, thus confusing the Creator and His creation. 
for example, folk religions, pantheism, and polytheism. Atheistic evolutionary theories assume that the Bible is not the Word of God, and the universe is closed with no possibility of outside intervention. This invites the conclusion that the world and the universe have no special meaning or purpose. This approach also suggests that there is no absolute truth, and that all human relationships, such as marriage, are simply arrangements of convenience that can be changed as cultures or individuals desire. Some theistic evolutionists and evolutionary creationists may hold to a view of Scripture as God's Word, but wrongly assume that, in light of current scientific claims, Genesis 1-3 should not be read as a reliable historical account of creation. Thus, they will affirm that God is the Creator, but see evolution as the means by which God made the world as we know it. This undermines and denies other truths in Scripture that depend on the special creation of God. Question 123. What distinguishes humans from all other creatures? A. God created all living things, but he uniquely made humanity in his image. Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. B. God's Son became a man, a human being. John 1 verses 14 and 16. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Philippians 2, verses 5-7 through 7. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. See, Jesus Christ, who is God and man, suffered, shed his blood, died, and rose bodily from the dead for the salvation of humanity. Thus, every single life, including yours, is valuable to God. Ephesians 1 verse 7 In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Hebrews 9 verse 12 Christ our high priest entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Question 124. Do we still have the image of God? A. Since the fall into sin, we lost the ability to live by faith in God, in perfect love toward one another, and in a proper relationship to creation, the original righteousness. In this sense, we have lost the image of God. Genesis 5.3. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness, after his image, and named him Seth. 1 Corinthians 2.14 The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. b. However, we still possess unique dignity, or worth, as those who were created in the image of God, and were given dominion in creation. Genesis 9.6 Whoever sheds the blood of man... 
By man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. James 3 verse 9 With it, our tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Question 125. Will we ever regain the image of God that was lost? Yes, in Christ the restoration of God's image in us has begun, but in this life it is only a beginning, and will be fully restored on the last day. Colossians 3 verse 10. You have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Ephesians 4.24 Put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Question 126. What other living creatures did God create? A. God made all other physical creatures from the earth, including plants, birds, animals, fish, and so on. Genesis 2 verse 19. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Genesis 1 verse 20. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. B. God also made non-physical creatures called angels. Nehemiah 9 verse 6 You are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that is in it, the sea and all that is in them, and you preserve all of them, and the host of heaven worships you. Read Luke 1 verses 1 to 20 and 26 to 38. Matthew 1, verses 18 to 21, Luke 24, verses 4 to 7, and Acts 1, verses 10 and 11. Question 127. For what purpose did God create non-human creatures on earth? A. God created them for beauty, joy, and delight. Psalm 104, verse 31. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. B. God created them to offer him thanks and praise. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. C. God created them to sustain life. Genesis 1, verse 29. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. Genesis 9, verse 3. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you green plants, I give you everything. Read Psalm 148. Question 128. For what purpose did God create the angels? A. God created angels to be his messengers and servants. Luke 1, verse 13. The angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. For your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Luke 1, verses 26-28 In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a son whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favor one, the Lord is with you. B. God created angels to protect the people of God. 
Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. For he will command his angels concerning you, to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Hebrews 1, verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? C. God created angels to worship and praise him continually, and lead us to do the same. Luke 2, verses 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Psalm 103, verses 20 and 21. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Read 2 Kings 19, verse 35, and 5, verses 15 and 17. Acts 12, verses 5 to 11, and Daniel 7, verse 10. Question 129. Do all the angels serve these purposes of God? No. Some angels, the devil and the fallen angels, rebelled against God and now seek to destroy everything that is good, especially faith in Christ. Jude 6. And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. John 8 verses 44. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Ephesians 6 verse 12 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9 Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Read Mark 4, verse 15, and 5, verse 9. Genesis 3, 1 to 5 Job chapter 2, Matthew 4 verses 1 to 11, and 2 Peter 2 verse 4. Question 130. What are some common questions about angels? A. Do we become angels when we die? No, we will be raised from the dead as glorified human creatures. Philippians 3 verses 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. b. Are we to look to angels for direction in our lives or to pray to them? No, we pray only to God. Colossians 2 verse 18 Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. Read Revelation 22, verses 8 and 9. C. Do I have a personal guardian angel? Scripture does not directly answer this question, but it does speak of angels protecting God's people. Psalm 91, verses 9 to 12. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge, 
No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Matthew 18, verse 10. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father, who is in heaven. The first article, part two. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? The second part is, He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all that I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger, and guards and protects me from all evil. As creatures, we need certain basic necessities to nourish and support our life on earth. God himself provides these necessities for me, as he does for all his creatures. Where would most people say that the basic necessities of their life come from? Read Psalm 104, verses 10 to 30. How does the psalmist describe the beauty and joy of creation under God's care and provision? As Christians, we confess that God provides for us each and every day by working in and through His creation. Who or what are the hands, channels, and means through which God provides for my daily needs? Question 131. Does God continue to be involved with His creation? Yes. God remains present and active within his creation, constantly looking after it and creating new life within it. Jeremiah 23, verses 23 and 24. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? Acts 17, verses 27 and 28. God is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Job 12 verse 10. In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Hebrews 1 verse 3. The sun is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Read Genesis 8, verse 22, Deuteronomy 11, verse 12, Psalm 65, and Psalm 139, Proverbs 15, verse 3, Isaiah 40, verse 12, and Colossians 1, verse 17. Question 132. For whom does God care and provide within his creation? Because God cares for his entire creation, A. He provides for his entire non-human creation. Psalm 147, verses 8 and 9. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. Psalm 145, verses 15 and 16. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. Matthew 6, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. B. He provides for all people, even those who fail to acknowledge him. Matthew 5, verse 45. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. 
Acts 14, verses 16 and 17. In past generations he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without witness. For he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. See, he provides for us, who are his children in Christ. Philippians 4, verse 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Cast all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Question 133. What does God provide for our body and life? A. God provides food and drink to give us energy, health, and joy. Psalm 104, verses 14 and 15. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock, and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. B. God provides clothing and shoes for protection and for modesty. Genesis 3, verse 21. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin, and clothed them. Deuteronomy 10, verse 18. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow, and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. C. God provides house and home for shelter, security, and hospitality. Psalm 68, verse 6. God settles the solitary in a home. D. God provides families and also friends to help us bear one another's burdens. Proverbs 18, verse 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Psalm 127, verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord the fruit of the womb, a reward. Proverbs 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. E. God provides land and animals, that is, work and livelihood. Psalm 104, verse 23. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. Question 134. What else does God do to take care of us? A. God protects us from danger and evil. Psalm 121, verses 2 and 7. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. See Genesis 19, Exodus 13, verse 14, and Psalm 37, verse 73. B. God is at work in all things for our good. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Question 135. How does God provide for me and protect me each day? God uses his entire creation in caring for me, including angels, parents, government, land, weather, and animals. Genesis 1 verse 11 And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. Genesis 9 verse 3 Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. Romans 13 verse 1 For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Question 136 If our gracious Creator provides for all of our needs and protects us from all evil, why do suffering and death exist in our world? A. Our first parents, prompted by the devil, brought evil and suffering into the world by rebelling against God. Sinful activity continues to cause tremendous suffering throughout the world. 
James 1, verses 14 and 15. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. John 8, verse 44. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Romans 5, verse 12. As sin came into the world through one man, death spread to all men because all sinned. B. God punished human rebellion by cursing the earth. Even though the earth sustains life, God's judgment is also evident. Storms, pests, earthquakes, diseases, and so forth. Genesis 3, verses 17-19 Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Romans 8, verses 20-22 For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption, and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. C. Therefore we need to repent of our sin, trust God's promise of forgiveness in Christ, care for those who suffer, and pray for God's restoration of all things when Christ comes again. Read Luke 13 verses 1 to 5, where Jesus urges repentance in response to tragic suffering. Question 137. Why do some of us experience more suffering and misfortune than others? A. In some cases, we bring the suffering upon ourselves as a consequence of our sins. Galatians 6 verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. James 4 1 and 2. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. Read Second Samuel 12, 1-15 about how David suffered for his sin. B. In many cases, we do not know why God allows some to suffer more than others. Those reasons remain hidden in God, whose purposes are often beyond our understanding, just as those who saw Jesus suffer were not at the time aware of God's great and loving purpose behind the cross. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Read Genesis 50, verses 15 to 21. Isaiah 45, verse 9, Job 42, verses 1 to 6, and Romans 9, verses 19 to 23. Therefore, we should take our complaints and sorrows to God, rejoice when we share in Christ's sufferings, pray for His help, care for those who suffer, and commend ourselves and others into His merciful hands. Psalm 130, verses 1 and 2. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. 
Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Psalm 90, verses 13 to 15. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. 1 Peter 4, verses 12 and 13, and verse 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful Creator while doing good. Question 138. What is God doing about all the suffering and death in the world? A. God does not allow evil to have the final word. He daily brings forth new life in the midst of and in spite of all the sin and death in the world. Genesis 8 verse 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Acts 14 verses 16 and 17. In past generations he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without witness. For he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. b. On the cross, Christ took all of our suffering into himself. By his death, Christ overcomes our suffering and death. In his resurrection from the dead, Christ gives eternal life to all who trust in him, even to those who are suffering. Romans 5 verse 8. God shows his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isaiah 53, verses 3 and 4. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. John 11, verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, Yet shall he live. See, God is working out all things for his gracious purposes, and for the well-being of his church, even though we cannot always see this. Genesis 50, verse 20. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive, as they are today. Romans 5, verses 3 to 5. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Romans 8, verses 28 and 29. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Note, God in his purpose has ordained before the time of the world by what crosses and sufferings he would conform every one of his elect to the image of his Son. His cross shall and must work together for good for everyone, because they are called according to God's purpose. See Romans 8, verses 28, 29, 35, 38, and 39. D. When Jesus returns... God will free his children from all suffering, and with them the entire creation. 
Romans 8, verses 18 to 21. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Revelations 21 verse 4 He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. Question 139. What are some false beliefs about God's presence and activity within the world? Atheism denies the existence, presence, and activity of God within the world. Agnosticism expresses uncertainty about whether there is a God, or how God is present and active in the world. Deism denies God's daily activity within the world by contending that once he created the world, he then left it alone to run like a machine. Pantheism maintains that everything is God, thus denying the redemptive intervention of God from outside of creation. Close section 2 with prayer. Gracious Father, you open your hand to satisfy the desires of every living creature and provide me with all that I need to support my body and life. I thank you for the provisions you have given me in clothing and shoes to wear, food and drink to nourish and refresh my body, a place to live, the love and companionship of family, and daily work. Give me the grace to acknowledge your goodness and live with gratitude and contentment, confident in your love for the sake of Jesus Christ my Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first article, part three, what does this mean? All this he does out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. The central thought of this third part is that no one is self-sufficient. Each one of us receives life and support as a gift from outside of ourselves. Is the gratitude of Christians different from that of those who do not know God as their gracious Father? Read Matthew 14, verses 13 to 21. Consider the generosity of God, not only in miraculous events such as this, but also in his daily blessings. As Christians, we confess that every good thing, however small, within our lives is an undeserved gift from God. What are some examples of God's generosity in your life? Question 140. Why does the Catechism use the word all nine times in its explanation of the first article? This emphasizes the completeness of God's creative work. It is another way of saying that God created the heavens and the earth. John 3 verse 27. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. James 1 verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 7 What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Question 141 What is the significance of confessing that God did all of this out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me? A. God did not have to create the world. He created it freely, out of love. 
Psalm 136, verses 4-9. To Him who alone does great wonders, for His steadfast love endures forever. To Him who by understanding made the heavens, for His steadfast love endures forever. To Him who spread out the earth above the waters, for His steadfast love endures forever. To Him who made the great lights, for His steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, for His steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night, for His steadfast love endures forever. B. God created each one of us and mercifully sustains us in spite of our sinfulness. Acts 14, 16, and 17. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without witness. For he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. C. Life in this world remains a good gift, even when we feel that life is more of a curse than a gift more of a burden than a delight, more cheerful than joyful. Habakkuk 3, verses 17-19 to 19. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's, he makes me tread on my high places. Philippians 4, verses 11 to 13. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Read Jonah chapter 2. Jeremiah 20, verse 18, 31, verse 3, and 30, verses 31 to 33, and Psalm 13, verse 6. D. Creation and redemption are bound closely together. It is by God's goodness and mercy that we were created, and it is by God's goodness and mercy that we are made new again in Christ. Psalm 136, verses 1, 5, 11, and 24 and 25. Give thanks to the Lord who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever, and brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever, and rescued us from our foes, for his steadfast love endures forever, he who gives food to all flesh, for his steadfast love endures forever. Isaiah 43 verse 1 But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Read Psalm 103 and Jeremiah 31, verses 9 to 12. Question 142. Why do we say that it is our duty to thank and praise, serve and obey? It is only right and proper for creatures to respond to the gifts of their Creator in word, thank and praise, and deed, serve and obey. Luke 17, verse 10. So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. Deuteronomy 13, verse 4. You shall walk after the Lord your God, and fear him, and keep his commandments, and obey his voice. And you shall serve him, and hold fast to him. Joshua 24, verse 15. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Read Psalm 71, noting that despite many troubles, 
the psalmist sings praise. Question 143. How do I thank and praise God? I thank God by expressing my gratitude for all that He has done for me. Psalm 118, verse 1. O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. 1 Timothy 4, verses 4 and 5. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. B. I praise God by proclaiming and praising His works. Psalm 40, verse 5. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds, and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. Read Psalm 136 and Psalm 145. C. I thank and praise God as I worship with fellow believers and within my daily routines. Psalm 95 verses 1 to 3. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Daniel 6 verse 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in the upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. Philippians 4 verse 6 Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Question 144 How do I serve and obey God? I serve and obey God when I use all of these gifts within my various walks of life, vocations, for my well-being and that of my neighbor in the wider creation. God puts me into a network of relationships with people around me who I am called to serve. God gives me freedom to pursue my vocations in accord with the skills and aptitudes he has given me. See the Ten Commandments and the Table of Duties. Question 145 How should we think of our calling as human creatures within the rest of God's creation? God cares about His creation and has called us to care for it as His stewards. Genesis 1 verse 28 And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis 2 verse 15 The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Psalm 8, verses 5 and 6 Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2 and 115, verse 16 Question 146 What does it mean to be a steward? We are God's servants who are to do His will, looking after His creation as He entrusts it to us. Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For He has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Luke 12, verse 48. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. Read Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16.
Question 147. What are some of our stewardship responsibilities? A. We are to care for our bodies. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. B. We are to care for our possessions and finances. Proverbs 10, verses 4 and 5. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. See Ephesians 4, verse 28, Hebrews 13, verse 16, and 1 Timothy 6, verses 17 through 19. C. We are to care for our neighbors, both in their physical needs and in their need to know the love of God and all that he has done for them in Christ Jesus our Lord. Matthew 5, verse 16. Let your light shine before others, so that you may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. As each of us has received a gift, use it to serve one another, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Read 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6-11. to we are to care for the church, church workers, and church property. First Chronicles 29, verses 12 and 13, and verse 16. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. O Lord, our God, all this abundance that you have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. First Timothy 5, verses 17 and 18. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. Read Malachi 3, verse 8, John 12, 3-8, and Philippians 4, verses 14-20. E. We are to care for the rest of God's creation, the earth, its bounty, and all life. Genesis 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Proverbs 12, verse 10. Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast. Read Genesis 6, verses 19 to 22. Leviticus 25, verses 4 to 7. Exodus 23, verses 5 and 6. Deuteronomy 11, verses 13 and 14. And Deuteronomy 22, verses 6 and 7. Thank you for listening to the explanation of our Christian faith as found in Luther's Small Catechism, brought to you by St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Oviedo, Florida. This podcast is from Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation, copyright 1986-2017, copyright 1986 Concordia Publishing House. Used with permission, all rights reserved. Purchase a print copy of Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation. Please contact CPH at 800-325-3040 or visit them at cph.org.